What's going on? What's going on? Entertain the geeky. Nerd rage. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. So, nerd rage is a big thing in our little uh, community. It is. Uh, and I think the, uh, you know, I'm in a unique position. I work in a retail store that sells comic books and board games and RPG games. And I hear a lot of rage. Uh, I hear a lot of good things, too. I'm not saying it's all rage. Right. But there's a fair amount of it that is rage. And, and the, the, the thoughts in my head obviously cannot be vocalized all the time because I work in a service industry. Uh, so if you're out there listening and you're one of the people I've talked to and you think this is about you, it's not. It's just about the general uh, nerd population, uh, specifically the the darker part of the nerd population, uh, because it is there. It is a uh, it is a constant problem that I have in so far as um, in so far as a lot of times I hear rage that is misplaced or just outright incorrect. Um, and that's the problem. I'm, that's what I want to talk about tonight is, is look, it's fine to be angry about things that are problematic. It's another thing to be angry about things that are just untrue or still unraveling. Right. And not subjectively untrue, right? Like just you're wrong. Your, your anger and your thing you're angry about is just wrong. Well, I think that's a, there is like some level of subjectivity to it because maybe the way that they're viewing it is completely non-objective if you will. No, no, that's this is what we're going to get into. I can okay. back up all of this with facts. Okay. Okay. Because there, <laughs> I texted you about one thing in particular and it's old news now, yeah. like very old news, but everybody had it way wrong. Yeah. But that was subjective. That was an ongoing thing. When we're right. watching a single thing and what you take away from it is why you're angry. Be consistent. Be angry about the right things. Stop being angry about things that are just non-issues, right? Uh, right. I'm going to start where I want to start because this is a big one for me, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but Star Wars The Last Jedi is, I think, and, and this is just an opinion, you're, you know, disagree with it if you want, uh, I think it's objectively the best of the three sequel movies that were made. Oh, 100%. It's, you know, it's the middle one. Uh, it's it's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have to start anything. It didn't have to settle anything. It just kind of got to tell its story, which is why we look back fondly on Empire. Right. Right. Is Empire objectively a great movie? Yes, it is. But the reason it's a great movie is because it didn't have a lot of responsibility. It didn't have to introduce us to any new characters. And it didn't have to conclude the story. It just gets to exist in the middle and tell its story. Right. You you just get to kind of go through the tunnel that's already been established. Exactly. You don't have to start the tunnel. You don't have to end the tunnel. But the thing that I got uh, a lot of, that I heard a lot, uh, there was two big ones. One was Luke is portrayed inconsistently, that he's, you know, oh, Luke's a hero, and he shouldn't be given up, and blah, 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 and all of that. And so I'm going to start with that point. Um, Luke watched his father. Uh, they didn't even know it was his father for a long time. Uh almost destroyed the entire galaxy. Mm -hmm. The Empire was trying to control and subjugate the entire galaxy. And then, going into his adulthood, he's starting to restart the Jedi Order, and he's bringing in new recruits. He's bringing in people that are Force-sensitive that he's going to be exerting his influence over. 
And then he watched his nephew, uh, Ben Solo, uh, start to train, get better at what he was doing, and ultimately started seeing in him the potential to fall to the dark side. Um, and what that reminded him of is, is who his dad was. Right. And in a moment, look, it was a moment of weakness on Luke's part, right? Luke lashed out because he was afraid. He let the fear get the better of him, and he lashed out. And ultimately, he's the one who pushed Kylo Ren to the dark side because of that single moment between the two of them that we flash back to in that film. Uh, so the kind of PTSD that this guy has, not only from the stuff he dealt with with Darth Vader, but then watching his nephew fall and follow that same path and destroy everything Luke had built, I think any of us would have folded under that kind of pressure. Even even if it's something as simple as this, not even like taking it to a uh, galactic level, right. but if it's just he could hurt the other kids here. Yeah. That's Absolutely. bad. Yeah. That's bad. And right. I could see where an, an authority figure or somebody that's almost a father figure to these yeah. kids that he's training is like, oh, hell no, I can't let this happen. Right. I love this one, but do I love him more than the group? Exactly. So does Luke give up? Yeah. And I understand why that's something that you're upset about, right? I, I, I get those, those arguments. I understand Luke should be a hero. But I would argue that through Ray's intervention within the narrative of that, that story, he becomes the guy you wanted him to be again by the end. He is redeemed through Ray's actions and through seeing in her something, that, a spark, the, the, the light, the hope, whatever you want to call it, that's yeah, the same thing that was in him. He sees himself in her, and he is the hero again by the end of the movie. So if you want to say, well, you know, Luke's just not a hero. He's not the kind of... First of all, absolutely, he's the kind of guy that would give up after something, after experiencing what he experienced. Second of all, if your argument is he needs to be a hero, he is. By the end of the film, we redeem that character, and he's the character you wanted him to be based on the argument you're giving me. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Yoda was in seclusion. Yoda was yes on Dagobah. Yeah, Yoda was in seclusion. Yeah, that's exactly what Luke did. That's absolutely it's the same exact. He thing. didn't give up. Right. He went into seclusion so that when the time and no maybe that wasn't his intention at the time. Maybe he sure. was just fucking bummed out. But the fact of the matter is, he went into seclusion until the time at which fate called upon him, and it did. Absolutely. And so I think that's fair. When, when, when circumstances change, are you going to be the man you're supposed to be? Are you going to be the person that you're supposed to be? Or are you going to let the despair keep influencing your decisions? We watched Luke become, again, the man we all know he is supposed to be, the hero, right? So that, the, the argument that Luke is not who you want him to be, that's just wrong. Because if who you want Luke to be is the hero you saw in the original trilogy, he is that by the end of the film. It took him to a deep valley for a little while there, but he is redeemed. And all these people that I saw, oh, look at J.J. Abrams when he made The Rise of Skywalker. He's fixing Luke. No, he's not. He was finishing the story. Ryan Johnson also already fixed Luke. Right. He already got him back to the place we needed him to be, to be the symbol to spark the Resistance's hope. Right. Right? He was already that guy. Yes, it's it's a stupid argument because again it's just not based on what the actual narrative of the story is. You know, my, so if you want to be mad about things, 
There's a lot of things to be mad about in The Last Jedi. That whole side story where they went to the casino world. Thank you. That was terrible. That was a bad side story. You know, when And we, ultimately, it doesn't make any sense. So when we were talking about this the other day, I was nervous to bring that up to you because no, I was like, man. It's bad. I was like, that part of that story didn't need to be there. It just fucking no. sucked. Yeah. Um, and what I'm was like, the point of that whole side was, story? Well, <laughs> I, had, I had a family member tell me, because we, we watched the movie together, and he's like, dude, he's like, that was some bullshit political statement. Yeah. He's like he's like I don't fully know what that statement was yet. Right. He's like greed and save the, you know, save the animals. He's like I don't know. He's like but I just felt like it was completely misplaced. I was like it was. It was. And here the new movies I did not care for. I remember going to watch The Force Awakens and like as the movie came to its conclusion, I did feel cheated. Yeah. Um I felt pretty cheated. I didn't and I hadn't it, it's like when you went to see episode 1. Uh, you, yeah, you I can see de- that. You had described it to me as, uh, did this, did that, that was good, right? That's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, that was, that If we was have okay. to question whether or not it's good, was it actually good? Right. Maybe not. I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, no, that movie wasn't good. It no, was just A great. New Hope again. Yeah. Um, and not as good, because it, you know, isn't original. But I would argue that's why The Last Jedi is a good movie. Because it, it's not... That is something you've seen before. It was something new. It tried to take the characters in a new direction and show you that people can be different. That's why it's the strongest of yeah. the three, for certain. Yeah. Um, it, again, there's there's only a couple of perfect Star Wars movies, and one of them is Rogue One. So it's sure. not even part of any trilogy. It's just like, you know, yeah. it's own fun little thing. Yeah, I... Okay, so what else you got? Like Star Wars, yes. So, so that one is a big one. That one, again, that argument just it doesn't make sense. And, and it, within that same narrative, one of the things I heard is, uh, you know, Leia uses the Force to save herself from getting spaced when she gets shot, when her ship gets blown up, mm-hmm. right? And that was one of the things that, uh, you know, again, it's an argument. Oh, Leia doesn't know how to use the Force. First of all, I call bullshit on that. Leia is the child of Anakin Skywalker. So her children, his children were already predisposed to be able to access the Force. You mean the, the chosen one? Yeah. Okay. Second of all, if, if your argument is based on your love of original trilogy storytelling, original trilogy storytelling already showed us the sensitivity that Leia has to the Force when Luke reaches out to her after fighting Darth Vader in Cloud City. You think just anybody could have picked that message up? No, you have to be force sensitive for a force sensitive to communicate with you psychically through right? space. Right, exactly. It's not like we're right next to each other, right? right? Like we already see that she's developing these skills. And did it take till the rise of Skywalker to show us a flashback? Yes, but I would argue that flashback is unnecessary because if you think for one second that Luke, who wants to protect people and wants to be a hero, didn't at least prepare his sister with some kind of defensive training? You're wrong. Well, that, I didn't need to see that to know that happened. Just that, or when you're thrown into um, dire circumstances, yeah. people in real life will lift up like cars and 500-pound objects. So if you think for a second that distressed like that, she couldn't call on something that yeah. was just almost innate inside of her something would, yeah, that was minuscule yeah yeah i mean that's just what would probably manifest if you had any inkling of that inside your inside right. who you are at the end of the day i think where the rage comes from about star wars the last jedi is people watched 
Force Awakens, and they said, yeah, it's fine, but it's too much like A New Hope. I don't want to see the same movie over again. Right. And then we made a movie that was vastly different, and your argument was it's too different. So at the end of the day, you just can't be happy. There's nothing that they could have done, even if George Lucas himself was the one doing it. There's nothing they could have done that would have made you happy. I mean, George Lucas has molested his fair share of movies. Well, there's no doubt. The prequel trilogy is a perfect example of that. But I would argue that, again, there's no way to make you happy. Right. And and and, and as fans, I think these these toxic fans are making us all look like we're toxic fans. And I would love to tell people when they're being toxic. But you can't always. I work in a store where I'm going to hear these toxic opinions. And there are lines, right? There are lines that if you cross them, I will say get out. But most people don't cross those lines. They just want to bitch about something. They want somebody to hear their bitching. That environment is supposed to be the environment where you go to bitch about stupid stuff. Yes, that is... That is true, but you also have to take into account what that kind of stuff does to the person on the other side of the counter who might not agree with your point of view but can't voice those concerns. Well, see, that's the part that I don't necessarily, especially with you. You're never at a loss of words when you disagree. <laughs> so, no, so I am not, but it's, I have to censor no, myself in that way. Right, and that's, that's brutal because like, I, get, I get having a conversation about it. And sure. like, what's funny is we're talking about misplaced nerd rage here. You're not, you're not being full of rage as you're talking no, about I'm not it. Enraged about um, it, yeah. Well, so if you can explain it that way, I think you could easily explain it to a customer the same way. I've tried. You'd be amazed how offended people get when you disagree with them, whether really? whether your arguments are valid or not. About fucking make believe. Yes, and I will give you an example. This next, this is a good segue into the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, Kevin Smith made a He-Man cartoon. Yes, very good. And it was a very good cartoon, uh, I would argue, all through. I mean, it, because he released part one, and then we had mm-hmm. months and months went by, and then part two came. The whole season is done. It's a great cartoon. Uh, but one of the arguments I heard from a very specific individual was it was a bait and switch. It's a He-Man cartoon. It's not about He-Man. Uh, and while he is correct insofar as He-Man dies in the first episode of the show, uh, the whole impetus of the plot, what drives the plot forward, the spirit of is the desire to bring him back. Yeah. So I would argue that while you're right, He-Man's not in every single episode, which let's I'm, I'm maybe misremembering. He may be in every episode because there was flashbacks and there was, you know, whatever. They show him in fucking right. space heaven. But shadow, his shadow looms large over every bit of that show. And and Kevin Smith even had to, to, to feel this stupid argument in an interview that he did where someone asked him about that, and he said, look, we just teamed up with Hasbro. Do you know Hasbro? They make toys. Do you really think they tapped us to make a, a, a TV show about one of their properties, He-Man, that wasn't going to ultimately be about He-Man? Because I don't know if you know how toy companies work, but they need <laughs> the characters to be front and center so that the toys will sell. <laughs> I mean, again, I felt like the whole show was about the spirit of He-Man and what almost what it is to be He-Man because they show you He-Man's past. Yeah, and 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 what it is. Spoiler alert: there was more than one. Right, and what it is that the the anger is about is toxic masculinity. You're upset because in a show about this masculine, manly, muscly man, 
we took a little side quest and the main character was a woman. First of all, well, that's just sexist as hell to think that the woman can't lead the show. Second of all, it's not just any random woman. It's Tila. Tila is a huge part of the original story. She's Prince Adam's best friend and she's Man-at-Arm's daughter. So if your argument is they took the power away from a man and gave it to some rando that I've never seen before, well, that's not true either. Then you didn't watch He-Man. It's Tila. Right. Tila, one of the main characters of the story. And, and the argument I heard from this man, I started, I started countering that argument in a very concise, talking about how his shadow looms large over every episode and the entire impetus of the show is to bring him back. So he's, he's the driving plot of the show. Uh, went into, you know, he wasn't, he didn't agree. He also went into a whole thing about because Tila and, and her father have an argument early on in the show because Tila finds out that Prince Adam is He-Man and that her father knew and he's been lying to her about it. So she becomes kind of disenfranchised and she leaves and doesn't see him for the next however many years. I don't right. remember what the time jump was. But when they finally reunite, this is an emotional moment, not just for Tila, but for Man-at-Arms, her father, who is in tears and he's begging her to forgive him and he's sorry that he lied to her. And this man, and I, 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 I'm not even making this up, and I quote, said, well, Man-at-Arms wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be that emotional. And I said, why? Because he's too manly? Okay. If it's, if it's a random person and, and your, your toxic masculinity argument may work, this is his daughter. Right. So your argument's just wrong. It's wrong. Absolutely. You're going to tell me you didn't see your daughter for 20 years and you did something terrible and she finally is going to give you a chance to be forgiven yeah, and, and make amends. About that. And that's not going to be something that makes you emotional. Right. What are you, a rock? I mean, seriously, you're a brick wall. Like, I just don't understand that that show especially brought out such a level of toxic masculinity, and that's the impetus of the argument. You're basing all of these arguments on the toxic masculinity idea when they don't well, work. That's just, the thing. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even say the basis for the argument was any kind of toxic masculinity or anything. I mean, like this man that. I was talking to made me feel that way, it, it, and so be it. <laughs> I don't think that was the basis for most of the arguments. I think a lot of people felt like it didn't go the way they thought it would. And guess what? Sometimes stories do that. Right. And if you want the story to go a certain way, there's a solution. Go become a filmmaker or a television producer and exert your influence over what that show is. Write a story about it. Exactly. So the... the, the this comes into the whole, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League thing, letting fandom dictate how something should be made or what something should be is a very slippery slope. We should not be letting fandom dictate these things, especially considering a small percentage of that fandom is pretty toxic. I mean, people in general are, are pretty toxic. I'm so not going to say that, I, but so, I, I mean, well, I, I mean, in general, we I are. I know some pretty good people. I count you among them. Sure. That are not toxic, that understand that it's okay for the things they love to be different and to change. I, I mean that. See, but that's that's what it is. Like, if you actually give a shit about it, you're just gonna kind of enjoy the ride. And you might be like, dude, there was a there was a point in time, you know, between issues five and seven where this kind of sucked, right? Um, and I wasn't feeling it. Sure, that's okay. There yeah. can be a lull in a story or something like that. 
Um, how many Star Wars movies are there now? Fucking a dozen? Uh, the nine films, there's Solo and Rogue One. Okay. So 11. Okay. Movies. Right. Right. I'm just talking shows. films. Yeah, yeah. How many of them have I actually liked? Four or five? Like, not that many, considering how many there are. I mean, I'm a, you know, look. I still like Star Wars. I'm an overly optimistic type of person. There's something I enjoyed about every Star Wars movie. Sure. Even the prequel movies, which were not that great. I had enjoy- some great moments. I enjoy the prequels. Yeah. Um, the sequels, which are not that great, objectively, right. still had some pretty good moments. In every single one of them, I thought there were great moments. You, you know, my I think my biggest problem with the sequels was... You had uh, you had a lot of like bouncing between like it felt like there were constant power grabs going on. Sure. As far as directors and studio went, yeah. Not as far as like characters went. Right. And uh, it, I I think I I think studios should here if you trust somebody to tell a story or something like that. Right. You let them tell the fucking story. You don't say you do this movie, Bobby will do this movie, and then Freddie's gonna do. You don't do that. Right. Let the person tell the story. That way the story gets told the way they intended. Or at um, the very least, go into it, even if you're going to have different directors. Because the original Star Wars had three different directors. Sure. All three movies were directed by a different person. you got to have a plan, though. Right. Or MCU. You can't just, if you know you're going to make three films, well, then before you start making film one, you should at least have an outline of yeah. what those three this, films this are going to be. This is what's going to happen in this arc yeah. here. So yeah. as long as you stay within this arc... Exactly, Good. and they didn't. They just kind of let every director. No, it was riff. it was like fuck off the yeah. whole time. Do whatever you're going to do. No, and it was that's and that why those led movies suck. Movies that are pretty inconsistent with yeah, each other. They weren't good. Yeah, um, and that's okay. Like like you said, there's, uh, the last Jedi. There was a fucking kick ass scene in it. It was the biggest and greatest force thing that we've ever seen. Absolutely, and it was Luke's force projection that was literally manifesting physical objects. Incredible, yep. like. From a fan standpoint, if you don't get excited about that happening in Star Wars, you've never seen anything like that before. Well, and that was something that people got mad about, too. Well, there's a, how can you be that powerful? I'm like, look, How guys. can you make a fucking Force baby? Because somebody did that, dickweed. Also, look, guys. Uh, if you want to be mad and say Jedi can't do that, uh, Ryan Johnson actually answered this question. He said, look, we took all the powers we use from the Jedi Path, which is a book that was put out by Del Rey and Lucasfilm that was literally a diary of different Jedi. So we took all the powers from established canonical fiction, right? We didn't make them up. We took them from a book. We looked at the book and we said, what cool powers have we not seen Jedi on screen use yet? And that was the big one, first projection. Now, did they stretch it a lot further than any Jedi had ever been able to? Of course they did. But Luke is the chosen one, or at least he's part of the line of chosen ones, right? So, but again... He is the main character of Star Wars, period. Yeah. But we're getting off topic. The the other one that sparked this idea in me to begin with Mm -hmm. was I started watching the second season of Star Trek Picard. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Star Trek Picard is a show that a lot of Star Trek fans didn't enjoy, at least the first season. And the argument was... Well, it's not a Federation show, which, okay, look, (laughs) are we not following a Federation vessel? Yes, we are not. It is a private vessel that's chartered by Picard to go off and and have an adventure. But the Federation and what's going on, there's corruption that has seeped into the Federation. That whole part of the plot 
is why Picard has to go into the private sector to do what he has to do. Because he knows there is corruption within the Federation. Now, he spends the first season rooting out that corruption. So to argue that it's not a Federation show, well, that's just not true. The Federation, corruption within the Federation drives the entire plot of the first season. But by the second season, which I just got to start watching, which has aired long ago, uh, all of the people that you met are now Federation officers. Because we rooted out the corruption. Now Picard feels good about being an admiral again and, 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 and getting promotion or getting commissions for all the people that he's worked with that are definitely heroic people that belong in the Federation. Some of them were Federation uh, you know, officers left. and left yeah. because of what happened with the events of the first season. So, yes, does the second season do a little wonky time travel thing that detracts from that? Of course. But even when they're in the past, they're still operating under the Federation hierarchy that they all belong to. Picard is in charge. Uh, Rios is the captain. You know, such and such is a lieutenant. We're still oper- even though we're not outwardly showing that because we're in the past, we're still operating under that hierarchy of power, right? So it's definitely a Federation show. It's 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 this. It's the next generation's voyage home, right? Where they went back to the the far-off year 2000, to find some humpback whales to save the universe in the future. I mean, remember that one? Where Kirk and Spock went back in time? Oh, my God, that was great. Right, that was great. Went to the far-off year 2000. Oh, uh, my God. To to, to bring some humpback whales to the future, because in the future they're extinct. And there was a deep space probe that long ago had communicated with Earth, and at that time the most intelligent species on Earth was whales. So it communicates using whale sound. So it comes back to Earth to try to communicate with the whales, and they're not there. So the probe gets pissed. <laughs> and it's going to destroy the whole planet because they killed all the whales. That's fucking hysterical. And so Kirk and his crew have to slingshot themselves around the sun and go back to the far-off past of 2000. San Francisco or wherever the hell they went. Oh, my God. To find some humpback whales to bring back to the future to talk to this probe. <laughs> That's literally the plot. Will you handle this for us, guys? But even when they go into the past, again, they're still operating under the hierarchy of command. Kirk is still in charge. Spock is still the first officer. These things are part of them, whether they're wearing a uniform or not. Right? So, again, the argument that it's not a Federation show is wrong. It absolutely is a Federation show, and it goes so far as to look at trailers. When you look at trailers for the final season... They're bringing back everybody. We got Jordy back. We got Worf. We got Crusher. We've already had Seven of Nine from Voyager. We had Hugh, the random Borg that they disconnected from the collective that gained a personality. All of these. We even had Wesley, who's like now some kind of, after the events of the end of Next Generation, is now some kind of uh, Q-type being that protects the balance of time in the universe. He's insane. (laughs) He popped up at the end of the second season. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, again, the, the, the few things that I've mentioned have your problems. Argue your points. But argue things that you can back up. You're pointing to a single moment in a single thing and using that to, to condemn the entire project. And that argument is just not correct. Just, it's at that point. I think they, they had a feeling 
and they're just going to ride the feeling out. Right. It's not about anything other than riding the feeling out. When something comes along that contradicts that feeling, change. They're still riding the Evolve feeling Evolve your point. argument. They're still riding it, dude. Because obviously you still hate it, but evolve your argument to be more accurate to why, right? Don't just hate it because you heard some rando on the internet talking about one single moment that he didn't like, and you took that and you turned it into a, a whole, you know, uh, stand against what this property is. You mentioned one that is... Hail Hydra, Captain America! so ridiculous. Now, it took longer for us to figure out that was wrong. That was the fun... Dude, the internet was so fucking mad, though. People that yeah. I know that do not read comics were fucking butthurt. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you don't even read it. Yeah. I'm like, guess what? I don't... I'm, I'm like, I keep up with Captain America's storyline. I don't buy every issue. Right. I'm like, I'm sure this is a plot point. Yeah. This was a storyline called Secret Empire... Written by Nick Spencer, uh, illustrated by Mark Brooks, and it was it opened with a mini series called Avengers Standoff that showed us that the Tesseract is actually a living sentient thing, and it took a physical form. That form was a small child, mm-hmm. and Red Skull had the Tesseract at the time, so. From this small child's perspective, Red Skull was the thing that was teaching her about humanity. And obviously his view of the world is very skewed. He's a fascist, Nazi-sympathizing, you know, dictator type. And so he literally uh, convinced the Tesseract to change history. And in so doing, made Captain America a Hydra agent. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That that twisting this person's story allowed him to be uh, a force for Hydra as opposed to a force for freedom, which allowed Hydra to exert its influence over the world across space and time. Right. Now, the first issue ends with Captain America <laughs> doing the Hydra salute yep. and his last dialogue box is Hail, Hail Hydra. Hydra. And people lost their minds. Now, the arguments at the time were good. I, I agreed with the arguments at the time. The arguments at the time were, well, Captain America was made by two Jewish men. That seems offensive to Jewish people. That's a, that's a fair argument. That's a good argument. Uh, also, uh, Captain America, uh, so what are you saying? You've just altered Captain America's history and he's just going to be a Nazi now? First of all, Hydra are not Nazis. That's wrong. True. That's true. Hydra yeah. has manipulated every major foreign power throughout the years to gain power and further its own goals. Right. So just to say most Hydra notably was Nazis. Right. That's when we watched right. because that's right. when Captain America was born. Exactly. Right? So that's when we watched. But we've since shown, and and this happened long before Nick Spencer ever had the pen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Hydra and the Nazis are not allies. No. Hydra used it the was, Nazis it was a means to, an end. to further its yeah. goals because Hitler believed in the occult and all kinds of magic-y nonsense. So Hydra knew that shit was real. So they used the Nazis to further their goal. They also used the Russians to further their goal during the Cold War era. They also used the middle uh, the, the, the the Taliban mm-hmm. to further their goal during the middle the war with the Middle East. So Hydra and Nazis, not the same thing. They are different things. Are they both fascist? Yes, absolutely. But you can't say Hydra are Nazis. And I think even if your knowledge of it is only movies, 
They did that in the movie, too, where the right. guys came in and looked at the map and said, Berlin is on this map. And Red Skull went, so it is. Because he was planning to bomb the shit out of them. He didn't care about them. Right. They were a means to an end. Exactly. <laughs> so, subsequently, uh, after the, the outrage at this, this is where the toxic part of it comes in. Nick Spencer literally got death threats from rabid Captain America fans, and I'm sure people who don't even know. They when just it, wanted to be angry. Rabid Captain America fans, I don't, I don't think... No, no, there was, there was some of those. I feel like real Captain America fans would be a little more patient than that. Well, yeah, you have an issue one of an eight-issue series, and you're assuming that that's going to be indicative of what the entire series is. Right. Which it just wasn't. And it was, it was literally a cliffhanger, so you would buy the next issue. Right. That was the whole point. And, and so, arguments at the time, fine. You, you, you're mad about a thing. But as we went on, what we realized throughout the actual storytelling is the Tesseract couldn't actually change Captain America. Right. He's too noble to be changed. So what the Tesseract did is it split him. It took out all of the parts that could be a Hydra agent and imprisoned all of the parts that would not. So the Captain America that you all love, the hero was not even that guy that you saw say hail Hydra. He was imprisoned by Hydra. And and didn't come back until like the second to last issue to come save the day and (laughs) beat up fascist Captain America. Right. Right. So you were angry about something that you didn't even see the full scope of. And once you saw the full scope of, I didn't hear anyone apologizing. I didn't hear anybody who sent a death threat to Nick Spencer saying, my bad dog, didn't mean to death threat you there. No, because they don't care. They were angry, outraged, and they stayed outraged. I mean, maybe they were just like, yeah, you you fucking made that right, stinker. Well, and but that but they're assuming and, and your assumption being, well, he changed the ending cuz people were mad. No, he didn't. The script was already written, guys. That's how comics work. You write the story, the artist draws two yeah. or three issues, submit, and then you start releasing them. I was going to say you submit it to the publisher. Publisher? Yep. And they approve it or don't or, or say change this this and this. Exactly. So the idea that he changed the ending based on the outrage to number one, they'd already finished writing the story before number one ever hit the shelf. And numbers one through five already were ready to go to publish, go to publishing, right? Before number one. I mean, they were probably already fucking printed. Yeah, before number one even hit the shelf, two and three were already published, you know, ready to hit the shelf. So that's another one that's just, your arguments are wrong. And, and... It took a while for you to see that they were wrong, but once you found out they were wrong, you didn't go, oh, my bad. You just glazed over it like it never happened. And that kind of outrage, that kind of toxic fandom, there has to be accountability for that. We have to show, we have to say why this is toxic so that we can root out this kind of toxicity in the future. I mean, if, if, if it not a bare minimum... Just say, my bad, when we get it wrong. Sure. Because you're going to get it wrong once or twice. Absolutely. I mean, I remember things wrong all the time. When it, that's okay. That's just part and of being And when someone a says, well, that's not right, and they point out what is right, I'm like, yeah, my bad. Totally, totally was remembering that wrong. Right. But that's not even the point. The point is, if we don't shine a light on the problems, they're going to continue to be problems. Sure. And that's what I think sparked this idea in me to have this conversation is, Look, I don't even care if you're offended. If you're part of this toxic fan base, you're a problem. You're a problem. You're hurting the fandom with your misplaced anger 
and your toxic sexism and racism. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, look what happened to, to the woman who played Reva, Moses Taylor. That was fucking bizarre. And for no other reason than she was black. Because we hadn't even seen an episode of the show yet. Yeah, that was so bizarre. The same thing happened to, to, to uh, the guy who played Finn. Right? When we saw a black stormtrooper in the trailer. Oh, God, we can't have a black stormtrooper. What are you talking about? What, what are you so, talking about? So, what is going so the, in? There, there, is, there is one argument there that is acceptable. They were clones at one point in time. At this point in time, this is long after that. They weren't even clones in the original trilogy anymore. Right. You, you hear what I'm saying, though. So this is 20 years later. You thought they were still going to be clones? I think it's closer to 50 years later. Um, also, even, that, if that, that even if the argument is they're clones, Django is, Fett, Tamara Morrison, is a man of color. Right. He's not a white man. No, he's not. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. There's, there's one excuse there where you can be like, Ooh, fucking Stormtrooper wouldn't look like that because, well... We know what a stormtrooper looked or a clone trooper right. looks like, but that wasn't the argument. The right. argument was there shouldn't be a black stormtrooper. And I, is that where it was coming from, though? Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, was it was it coming from? Because the last movies we had got to that point were the prequels. So yep. was it coming from that? Was everybody still assuming that these were still clones? I don't know. No, I mean by that point. Again, the stormtroopers in it's it's fifty in the years. original it's, trilogy yeah, there, were not clones there's anymore. A, there's the clones 40, were inefficient. Right. There's a forty or fifty year jump between the two. Yeah. And by the time by the time the Empire became the Empire we saw in the original Star Wars, they had stopped using clones because it was inefficient. No, it makes sense. Yeah, and I get that, and, and we knew that. And one well, just just because of the time gap there, I'm like those. Those clones would be spent. Yeah. Period. Because the clones, the clones only have a life expectancy it's of like ten years or something. Up to Django Fett's age when they were cloned. Right. Well, because they, <laughs> well, they were they were rushed. Yeah. Like that was a big thing with the, uh, what was that planet that they came from? Uh, Camino. Yeah. Thank you. The the people in Camino are telling um, Obi Wan as he's there. They're like, you have to accelerate their aging. Yep. Otherwise, it would take a whole lifetime to grow an arm. Exactly. Absolutely. So. Makes sense, which means they would probably die off way faster. Yeah. So you're talking 40, 50 years between yeah. then and this other point in time. Makes perfect sense. They'd right. probably be some fucking dead clones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I don't knew know. knew clones had been phased out by that I'm point, I'm just too. trying to give people the benefit of the doubt because I, I understand. But I think there is – look, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I think there is certain amounts of toxicity that we have in our world Sure. that – I think most rational-minded people, regardless of your beliefs, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of your political views, there are certain toxic parts of our world that I think we can all agree need to go away. Sure. Need to stop. And this is my world. This is the worldview that I have, right, that comes from comic books. I'm not saying it belongs to me. That's, uh, don't interpret it that way. I'm just saying this is the world I've chosen to exist in. And I wish that I could shine a light on this kind of toxicity more. Well, just being shitty there. Because it's not, it's, it's a fun make-believe space, man. It's a fun make-believe space. And when people want to be shitty about that, I'm just like, dude, that's like the worst well, thing to be shitty about. And again, if you want to have an argument, have an argument. But know what you're arguing. Right. Be precise. Have the f- facts to back up your argument. Right. Because one of the things that... A lot of the things we talked about tonight, they immediately fall apart 
when you start to shine a light on why that opinion is just not true because they don't have any way to back it up because they know it's not true. They just wanted something to be mad about. Like I said, they were just riding out a feeling. That's and all that is. And this is the thing that the masses, the collective fan, is mad about. So there, there's, I would say that and gatekeeping, and they're typically the same people that do that. They definitely are the same people. Um, those, are, those are the things that I don't enjoy about the hobby. From the moment I set foot in my role as a clerk in a comic book store, which I've been doing for over 10 years now, the one thing that I have always tried to champion is this is for everyone. Right. Everyone deserves to see themselves in these people, in these characters. Everyone deserves to find something about their lives or their journey that they can relate to. This is the problem. This is another argument I hear, and I think this is a good place to close this on. Shoot. Comics are way too political nowadays. Comics are not political nowadays. They have always been political. Comics have always been a pen, you know, a pencil, and a couple of people who had grievances and used this fantastical world to air those grievances. So if you think that's something that's new, you have not been paying attention, and you are not as much of a fan as you claim to be. Right. Captain America on the first issue of his book is punching out Adolf Hitler. How is that not political? That's Black propaganda. Panther. That's propaganda. Black Panther fact, yeah. beat the shit out of some KKK guys in his first appearance. How is that not political? The X-Men, which have existed since the 60s, are an allegory for racism. Right. If you didn't see that, you're you just not it. paying attention. Right. You're just not, and you're not as much of a fan as you claim to be. So to make a blanket statement like that says two things to me. Says one, we're not a real fan. You're somebody who buys stuff with the hope that it'll make you rich one day. And two, get out. Why are you here? If you don't get it, why are you even here? If you're mad that this is what it's becoming, and I put that in quotes because that's not the truth, why are you even here? I think, I, I do think, I do think there are people that go to it for just escapism because because everything right now seems so tumultuous, um, it's. I get that, like your time that you're spending trying to veg out or escape that bullshit, sure. that you don't necessarily want to be reading the same bullshit in the comic book that you pick up. Cool, I get it. Um, but that's what it's always been. No, it, it has always been there, and there's different stories that you don't get that in. Sure. I mean, like you said, comics are for everybody. How many different series are there on the shelf at any given comic store right now? Over 50. Over 50. Sure. So if you can't pick up a book that doesn't have any kind of political undertones or something, you're full of shit. And I just think it's hard, right? Because if you came this far as sure. a fan and you still see it this way, you're the villain. You're the villain in the stories you've claimed to love for so long. Or... or because I'm not, I'm not gonna straight up villainize somebody over that. Or, I'm sorry, maybe I'm extreme in that way. It, it is extreme because it's also maybe you're just not getting it right now. Maybe for whatever reason, it's not clicking, and maybe you're not thinking back on everything that everything uh, how it's always been. It's always, but it, but there's, but if you've been reading Marvel and DC over the past seventy, 70 years, years yeah. 
75. is how it's always been. In every issue running from the 1970s all the way up through the 1990s was a little column they would put right in the middle of the book called Stan's Soapbox, mm-hmm. where Stan Lee would literally soapbox rant about problems he saw in society. Right. And a lot of that came down to racism, sexism, uh, anti-Semitism, right? All of these different things that were problems throughout the years and arguably are probably still problems in most parts of the country. Sure. But it's always been a forum to hold a mirror up to our society and show us our flaws. That's what it's, arguably, that's what some of the best television you've ever watched has done, right? I like South Park. I am a fan of South Park. Not because it's particularly any more funny or less funny than any other comedy I've seen, but because it consistently holds a mirror up to society. Right. It shows us the problems. How ugly are we today? Right, exactly. And as long as society continues to function, which, who knows, uh, they will always have fodder for their show, right? right? It's just, look, I know it's, it's an extreme point of view. It is. To take, but... It is something that if we could address, the fandom would be all the better for it. When I think, I think with something like that, it's as simple as somebody is, as, as fans saying, oh, hey, we're fans. We like this shit. Like sometimes, because I feel this way at times, I'll pick up a book, I'll read it, and I'll be like, fuck, man, I'm dealing with that in real life. I didn't necessarily want to read about that today. I get it. Then it's not for you. I I get it. Well, but that's that's the, thing. the reality, right? But that's not every book. You know what I mean? That's not that's every a story. Lot of books. That's not every series. But and it's all it's, right. Look, it's ninety five percent of the books is, you're going to find on find on a shelf. It is many. Not denying that. It's not all, but the percentage of books that have political connotations or life connotations, right? That's going to be most See, prevalent li- in most books. Life connotations and. Yeah, but when I when I say that, I mean being politically charged or two different things. Like it is, but 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 the idea that a woman can't lead the book or a Muslim woman can't be a superhero. Look, that's a life thing, but that's also a political thing. I I mean, those things go hand in hand. I suppose, like, because being okay, so strongest person I've ever met in my life, real life, was a woman. So that's never really been a viewpoint that I've held. You right. Know, you know what I mean? So if I see a character... And that's great. That's a lead. And I love you for that. Right, but if I see a character... That's, that's not a lead, indicative of everyone's experience. And I get that. It, that's that's why I don't consider that political. It's fucking... But it is. And I guess that's... I guess in some... I don't consider... Look, I understand why you don't consider it to be a political issue. Because it's fucking normal. But it is a political issue huh. in our current climate and has been for a long time. Sure. This sure. has been most of my life. And I would argue who I am as a person, my views on race relations, my views on politics, my views on feminism, these came to me from the comic books I read. Because I didn't have the best examples when it came to this. I grew up in a religious household. Right. The whole point of what we, how I felt about that was that it was judgmental and and it was segregationist. There were so many problems I saw within it that I lost myself in this world because it showed me a better way. Right? The, the, the way I look at the world is definitely influenced by the comics I've read. And I'm not saying that I'm unique. There are a lot of people that are like that. 
And the problem that that breeds is that some people don't see it the same way. Right. And I'm sorry to say you missed the message. You're wrong. It has always been this thing you claim now you hate. When, when uh, John Kent came out as bi, I saw literal news on television. Well, Superman's gay now. First of all, not even Superman. Do your fucking research because it's not Superman. Right. It's his child. Second of all, he's not gay. He's bi. That's different. And if you're claiming that's the same, you're wrong. That is different. That's one of those things. Who fucking cares? Well, of course. Your sexuality, my sexuality, it should not be an issue that we talk about. The problem is, it is. That's just so. A, as long as it's an issue that we're talking about, I'm going to defend it. Well, I mean, that's that's the that's the part of it that I'm just like, who fucking cares, man? Who cares? I agree. Make a gay character. My the fuck ever. sexuality, the character sexuality, it should be none of your fucking business. No, it's not. Well, and that's the thing. That that's the that's where I think people miss the mark with what they're getting upset about. If you cannot find something to identify with in a character for whatever reason, you personally lack the emotional wherewithal to be human in some form. Yeah. Because everybody because is relatable. Really want, if you really want the freedom-loving white guy to be the lead, there's a book for that. It's called Captain America. I'm sorry, but there is. Right. That's who he is, right? Is he a fascist? No, absolutely not. Uh, is he a racist? No, absolutely not. But guess what? He's a vanilla white guy. Sure. And if what you want in your book is just some vanilla white guy, there's books for you. Now, there are going to, they're going to be political. He's fucking Captain America. Right. His whole basis is political. I, I, I will use a line that I saw a writer put in a Punisher book. And I know we're probably getting close to the point where we're going to have to finish up here. Yep. Punisher, and this happened in the real world. This is why this writer had to address it. Right. Punisher had started to become a symbol for police, for military people. Uh, who were putting his skull patch on their uniforms right. or their cars or whatever. So uh, I don't know what your knowledge of Punisher is, but Punisher is not a hero. He's an he anti-hero. He is a mass murderer. Yeah. He's not an anti-hero. He's a serial killer. Right, but he's not the villain either. No, he's a villain. Is he? Yes. See, I always considered him like a Deadpool. Deadpool's a villain as well. He's an anti-hero. He's not. A, there's, this, is, this is an <laughs> argument I've had, but it's, it's beside the point. Okay, go the on. The point is... Punisher Frank is a serial killer, and he deserves to be in prison. That's who he is. Sure. Just because you're killing bad guys doesn't mean you're not a serial killer. It doesn't mean you don't enjoy the killing, because he absolutely does. Sure. Right? That's the sign of a sociopath. Right. (laughs) So, Frank comes out of a shootout into an alley trying to get away, and there's cops there, and they're, freeze, put your hands up, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the cops realizes he's Frank Castle. Oh, my God, you're the Punisher. They're, they put their guns away. They're taking selfies with him. He sees his skull symbol on their car, and he says, what the fuck is that? And they say, oh, man, we're repping you. You're a hero. You're our inspiration. And he goes, first of all, and he takes the symbol off, and he tears it up, and he throws the pieces away. I am not a hero. What you do and what I do are not the same thing. If you really want a hero to idolize, his name is Captain America, and he'd be happy to have you. He's also referenced Captain America so many times in the comics. And at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? Look, if, if what you want is just something simple, it's out there. But it's going to be political. Sure. Because it is. It always has been. Well, I, I guess 
I guess when you say political and when I say political, in some way, shape, or form, I feel like we're talking about slightly different things there. Sure. Um, because, like you said, a woman lead, a Muslim, you know, a black guy, whatever. I don't give a shit who the main character is. No, neither. Again, but there's a lot of people that have made those issues political here in the real world. Right, and that's, that's fucking dumb. So when we look at them in comics, they are political. Sure. Because we've made them political. Well, and that's, I guess what I was saying is I'm smart enough or not emotionally dumb enough or however. If you do say so yourself. <laughs> just to be able to identify with a character regardless of sure. what their background is. Well, and if, again. What their genetic makeup is. I don't at the end fucking of the day, care. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you don't like who this is, it's not don't for you. Don't read it. Right. Don't read it. Doesn't mean you got to bitch about it. It's just not for you. That's fine. Not every book is for every person. Some books are specifically written for children. You're not going to find entertainment in that because it's not entertaining. It's entertaining if your brain is... Developing? Is still developing. Right. But if you're an adult, it's not going to be entertaining to you. I'm sorry. Right. Now, that's not the same with everything, but most things pretty much fall into those categories. So if you don't like it, it's not for you. Yeah, there's something else. There's something else you can read. Like you said, any given time, there's 50, 100 books on the shelf. Yep. Different if you, titles. If you can't find one that works for you, well, maybe this fandom isn't for you, bud. Or <laughs> we have a 70-year backlog. Well, that's also true. I mean, if you really want to read stories that make you feel good about who you are, even if that person is not the best, go back to the 60s. Read those books. When women weren't treated as good and, and all the characters were white guys. They exist. Like I said, seven-year backlog. You'll find something that tickles yeah, your fancy. Exist. It's just, I think more people, you know, and I'm using this platform to do it, more people need to shine a light on this toxicity because trolls, and they are trolls, thrive in the dark. Mm-hmm. They're anonymous. They don't have to face the repercussions of their actions. You got to shine a light. We have to shine a light on the trolls in order to scare them away. With enough lights, we could change this. I really believe that. With enough lights, we could change this and make it better. And then again, all of this, if this is something that you love, love it. Yeah. I do love it, which is right. why I hate to see it become toxic. Right. So at the end of the day, don't be toxic. <laughs> and stay geeky. <laughs> <laughs>